what makes Prime Barbecue? What is the heart of it? Whose story am I trying to tell? Mm. And when I started having those moments of reflection without all the distraction, then I started to realize how I could build Prime Barbecue and the purpose of Prime Barbecue and the why behind Prime Barbecue and how I want my principles and values. What are those? I started actually flushing those out and I put it on the restaurant walls. And these are the things I'm gonna hold myself accountable to, hold my employees accountable to. And we just did it. Welcome to the Hope in Real Life podcast with Jason Gore. Our team is passionate and committed to bringing you more hope in the everyday, real areas of your life. If this conversation and content is valuable for you, please do us a favor. Like, subscribe, and even share. You never know how valuable it could be to share a little bit of hope with someone else. Let's get the conversation started. Well, hello and welcome to this edition of the Hope in Real Life podcast. So thankful that you would spend some time with us this week. We are talking about a topic that I know is going to be so relevant to so many, and it's called the secret sauce to success. Why the secret sauce? Because we are here with Chris Prieto, owner and operator of Prime Barbecue, Pitmaster, Barbecue Nerd, author, the list goes on and on. But Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here with us. Yeah, so excited to be here. Yeah, And, and you know what I'm going to say is I'm just going to catch myself right out of that. I just said Chris. It's Christopher. Yes. He goes by Christopher. And we got to make sure that we know that right, regardless of what I've got written down here on my shows. (laughs) Also with us on set, we've got Dwayne Calvin, uh, one of our head guys around here at Hope Community Church, and also a barbecue enthusiast. Oh, yes. Especially when it comes to Prime. Oh, yes. (laughs) And so, uh, Dwayne, welcome to the show. Well, let's do this. So Prime, just so everybody understands, and this episode is going to be around what does it mean to, to find success in our life? And we're talking specifically now, though, with an owner of a barbecue restaurant that has found success. Prime is considered the number one barbecue restaurant in the Triangle. That was by the NNO here recently, and I know like in the nation's top 50 yep. from which was the, which publication? Was uh, Southern Living. Southern yeah. Living, yeah. So let me ask you this. How and why did you realize that barbecue was going to be your thing? I think it's everyone's thing, to be honest. Uh, I think we're connected to cooking over a live fire. I've never met anyone, even a vegetarian, that isn't like, oh, that meat smells so good over that fire. Yeah. Like, we are drawn and connected to that. For me, honestly, when I was really young, my father came from Puerto Rico uh, to get his PC, Texas A&M, and I was born in Texas. And a group of scientists took him to eat barbecue, and my dad became a fan of barbecue first. And I immediately was drawn to it when I first saw it, when I first ate it, when he first took me. But it it was honestly the joy it brought my father and me going, like every son does, I want to make you happy, Dad. Hmm. I want to be I want to give you that joy. Yeah. That was when I was like, Dad, I'm gonna cook barbecue for you. And that was that the reason why I started, to be honest, is to make my father happy. And it turned into a discipline, and then it turned into, wow, this is a powerful tool just in general. Like, if I cook really great brisket, like, I could trade this for anything, you know? Yeah. This is more powerful than gold or money or riches. I mean, brisket motivates people, <laughs> uh, or whole hog or ribs or anything. So that's kind of how it all started. Gotcha. Yeah. So, Chris, you know, it's one thing to have a passion for barbecue and start uh, building a, 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 just a, the way to cook it and how, knowing how to do it. But then there's a whole different thing that comes with trying to turn it into a business. Like, yeah. how did it actually become a business for you or like something that you were working towards? Yeah, well, uh, I, it was the thing I was always doing at all times. And no matter, like, I was a very competitive soccer player. And I wanted to be a pro soccer player. And then I was a very competitive, uh, just I love business in general. So I was, I thought I was going to be an international business studies, traveling the world doing business. It started because I, I think your passion, your purpose begin to align themselves. Like no matter what direction you're going into, when you start living out your purpose and your passion at the same time, it's almost like, why am I wasting my time with anything else? Sure. Yeah, And then uh, it was at that timing, too, I was at ECU, and everything I was doing in business school was business-driven. So that's when I just, all my papers, no joke, all my papers, all my studies, everything I read, I was like, okay, but how does this relate to barbecue? 
Oh wow. Okay. And it just that's when it just started shifting like the the tide shifted in the direction of this is my life's work. Mm. Now did you start with a restaurant or did you start how'd you start like No, I didn't. Uh you start like anything, great. You have to start small and build it up. It's all momentum. So it's you know, passion, doing it all the time. Then I started cooking it for family and friends. And, you know, all your family and friends are going to tell you your free barbecue tastes delicious. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. And then yeah. it was doing the due diligence of eating at other barbecue restaurants I admired and going, wow, this is way better than mine. What do, is my do you admire from? more barbecue restaurants in Texas where you're from or in North Carolina? I admire just the work and the craft behind it. I don't care if it comes from Utah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. You know, right. I've come yeah. to that conclusion because I, I ended up traveling the United States and all I do is eat barbecue now. Yeah. I, I have to find inspiration over and over again yeah. just to push the craft I'm in now. But uh, I forgot what we were even talking about. <laughs> yeah, we were asking the question about did you just start with a restaurant? Or did oh, you no, start no, no. And then I went from doing it to selling it. Then my dad's company was like, hey, cook barbecue for this event. And then I got really big into catering. I worked in restaurants at the same time, so I knew the process and procedure of prep and getting it ready. And then I started a catering company. And then that catering company did moderately well. I mean, I made enough money to supply my habit of cooking barbecue because, you know, it's pits and charcoal and rubs and traveling and eating barbecue and meat, freezers, all kinds of crazy contraptions. <laughs> and then it turned into um, talking about it enough and studying about it enough where I started teaching about it. And then I went into teaching, catering, and then the connections grew and then I went off in the space of TV, writing cookbooks, and that's all by happenstance too. Wow. It's, it's just opportunity meets luck meets purpose, and they all aligned. And that's how I got the cookbook. That's how I started TV. That's how I started doing everything. And then I was really comfortable. I was really doing a lot of catering. I was really doing a lot of private events. I was teaching barbecue. It was the golden age of barbecue, I would say. 2005, sure. when like the Franklin barbecue kind of hit the market. And the busyness and the money was good and everything was great. And I didn't really have to do anything else. I worked a full-time corporate job. I did my barbecue hustle on the weekends, was making great money. But uh, it was really the push for purpose. Like I had to take that step of, I have to go with both feet in. I can't have this, this one foot on one side of the fence, one foot on the other side of the fence any longer. I had to take that step of faith of turning myself and stepping over the fence and going, this is what my whole life's been for. And I have to step with both feet in. And the minute I did that, it was like finally, not only resting, but just diving into that cold pool after a hot day at the pit. It's just like, ah, oh, it's just, just breath of, this is it. This is where I'm going to live from now on. <laughs> if you've ever cooked in front of a pit, you know that feeling. Yeah. yeah. And just for uh, for some of our listeners who might be listening, and, and maybe they're at that place where they feel like they've got one foot in one world and one foot in yeah. another, and they're trying to figure, okay, I want to find success in this other area. For you, that looked like saying, okay, corporate job, I've got to move on from that and then jump full force into this restaurant, and that's kind of when you made the decision <clears throat> to launch the restaurant. Okay, so I get this. That's great. I love that because there's this theology now in the world, like you got to YOLO, right. you know, <laughs> just quit everything yeah. and just do what you're passionate about. And it's all going to work out. Let me tell you when I had, Statistically two, speaking, feet, that's not I had true. two feet over the fence, right? I had newborn twins. Mm. I just became a husband. And if you've ever been told you're having twins, it's very confusing. Cause I was like, no, I, I thought I was having one baby. <laughs> Jesus. I was there. Why I was are there, there two heartbeats? No, babies don't have two hearts. No, sir, you're having twins. No, we're going to wait three years and have the second one. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not ready for this. I'm working three jobs out of college. This can't be possible. Two feet. One foot had full medical. I was doing really great in my corporate job. I was very comfortable. The other one... It's doing really great leaps and bounds in barbecue, better than people who were two feet in, really comfortable. That's where the enemy sits is in that comfort. Hmm. He wants you to 
be comfortable. And when I heard that enough in my life, and I felt that I've been provided for when I had nothing, when I had those three jobs. And look at how with following my path and my purpose, how that has brought me to the point I'm at. It's time to turn my feet. Yeah. Yeah. That's with surrounding yourself with wise people too. Yeah. That speak into your life. Mentors. Huge. Right. Reading the right material every single day for me, for me, scripture. Mm. Knowing that I am my own worst enemy. Mm. Super important. Yeah, very important. I'm going to tell myself, oh, you deserve this. Right. right. <laughs> you want this. That's why the people around me, I call them my collective, they have authority over me. They don't have, uh, what do they, when I first started a small group, it was uh, accountability. Mm-hmm. That was cute. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I never met this person, accountability. Right, oh, right, okay, right. I'm going to tell you just a little nugget. These are the people who know everything, yeah. who I can't hide from. And who have authority to say that is not who you are and you're not going to do that. And I need someone to tell me that Mm -hmm. over my finances, over my decisions. And it was at the point where all those things aligned along with, you know, my wife's support, full support. I'm not doing this anything without her, anything without her. And she's like, you're ready. Okay. Okay. My collective said, oh, you're ready. Okay. But I don't feel ready. The enemy wants me here. Yeah. Turn your feet. That's all I heard every day. Turn your feet. When I finally went like this, it was terrible and hard. Mm. Didn't get easy, but I felt the alignment of purpose. Yeah. And that has, the story has only gotten better. Still hard. Yeah. But this guy, oh man, it's so great. Even as you're saying that, I'm sitting here thinking, I mean, how do you find, we're talking about success, but how do you find success without purpose? And uh, it sounds yeah. like what you're saying is, man, even in the midst of things being a little less clear, a little less certain, but if I have the purpose, then I know what it is and I'm well, working Well, let's for. define success. Yeah, yeah, even the measure of success, right? Yeah. How do we measure success? Right. How do we define it? Yeah. To me, Barbecue guy, Christopher. How do you, as a barbecue guy, describe success? Just in general, (laughs) like I am no one special. Dyslexic, C student, struggled all the time. I have lots of insecurities, lots of things I fail in. There's nothing that makes me any different than anyone else. But I define success by living out your purpose. (laughs) It will never be money. Yeah, it will never be title and power. Because that's all temporary. Yeah. What's success, what's forever is purpose and leaving a road of legacy behind you. Yeah. When you live what you're created to be, and everyone knows that, that's why we, that's why I suggest if I don't know that, mentors, yeah, people who pour into you, who help you define what that is. Surrounding yourself with not people who are like, yeah, yeah, you should do that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't hang out with your wife. You shouldn't do things with you. Like people who are pouring into you, not agreeing with you. Yeah. Then you're going to start finding your purpose. And once you find that purpose, then you have to know the execution points behind it. It's just not like, oh, now I'm going to be, you know, whatever, a professional juggler. Yeah. You know, you have to find other professional jugglers in that field. You have to get mentors in it. You have to know what the path is going to look like. It's all due diligence, to yeah. be honest. It's pretty common sense. I'm a very non-smart guy. And I like to say <laughs> that way because that's literally, I'm not smart. I just believe in common sense and surrounding yourself with very smart people. Yeah. If you are looking for a resource on personal development or spiritual enrichment, then we have got just the thing for you. 
the Hope in Real Life mobile app. It's a free tool, and it's made specifically for our listeners or anyone who's looking for a little bit more hope in their everyday life. The Hope in Real Life app offers multiple features like daily devotions, parenting tips, financial resources, marriage insights, uh, and there's actually even a community section where you can share prayer requests and even know that somebody is praying for you. I want you to stay tuned. This resource is being developed right now. should be released soon, so check it out. We'll keep you updated. Don't forget, tomorrow can be better than today, and hope is possible, even in real life. You know, you you uh, you talked about stepping out into a restaurant and launching that thing and getting it started, turning your feet towards what you saw yeah. as purpose in that moment. And then um, something happened along the way where you started realizing that Prime was a unique thing, that what you had started was something special. What is it that makes your, your restaurant special? What is it that makes your team special? Um, what is different about Prime? You know, I, it's all in reflection of... You know, that's why I think we have rear view mirrors in our cars so we can see what's behind us. It's all the reflection of the, the, the difficult parts to get there. That's what makes it special. When I, going into Prime, we had everything right. Hmm. I'm telling you, hmm. my entire vision has been drawn on a piece of paper, and I explain that to people a lot. If you have a vision for something, draw it, write it out, frame it, and put it on your wall. Hmm. The, my original drawing of the restaurant I'm in I drew in college, wow. and it's in my office. Hmm. So, like, I had this for a minute, though. Yeah. But when it started being built, man, I thought, I'm, I'm got, I got it going on. My vision is looking great. I have created something super special. Mm. It's, it's really unique how when you start connecting your vision and your purpose, how much I comes into the equation. Right. Not mm-hmm. knowing that that's the center of sin. To begin with, yeah, is when you start using that letter, mm-hmm. and then we went off with a very popular band, Tenth Avenue North, the singer Mike Donahue, yeah. mm-hmm. to go through the MLB spring training camps. I met a guy on a cruise who happened to know all these MLB guys, and they're like, "Hey, cook barbecue every spring training camp with this great worship leader, and you're going to do these great things." And then I was going to come back and shoot a TV show. Then right after that TV show, I was going to launch my restaurant which everyone from Food Network was going to come. Wow. Bought plane tickets, and we were going to do this big concert, raise money for Wounded Warrior Project. It was the wow. grandest opening that my heart has ever desired, that my brain has ever envisioned. I could not add anything else. It was 100% of everything I've ever wanted. And then I remember getting that phone call from the producer of uh, Bobby Flay, and going, hey, there's something happening in China. This is why I was in Florida. We might delay the show. Oh, what's happening in China? Like, I remember Googling what's happening in China and then seeing, you know, about COVID. Yeah. And then as we started finishing and buttoning up Florida, the, the call started coming more and more. And then, hey, this is really coming to the States. I think we're going to delay the show. Which is interesting because you were in Florida, and to this day, I still don't think COVID ever made it to Florida. No, I don't, I don't, or, Texas. or Texas. It wasn't in there. <laughs> yep. But everything started as I started coming closer to North Carolina falling apart. So then the yeah. GCs called and said, we can't finish your restaurant. All my Food Network friends called and said, hey, we can't fly out for your opening. Wow. Everything started shutting down. And then when I got to the restaurant, I had nothing. My grand opening was just existing. It was pretty pointless like we just existed on a random Tuesday. So I had to be completely broken down of everything that I had around me to make prime barbecue great. And it had to be completely diminished. And then I had to really understand what makes prime barbecue. What is the heart of it? Whose story am I trying to tell? Mm. And when I started having those moments of reflection without all the distraction, then I started to realize how I could build prime barbecue and the purpose of prime barbecue and the why behind prime barbecue and how... I want my principles and values. What are those? I started actually flushing those out. I put it on the restaurant walls. And these are the things I'm going to hold myself accountable to, hold my employees accountable to. And we just did it. And then it started becoming great. And then I started realizing that what we're trying to do has nothing to do with the barbecue. Mm -hmm. It's all about the intentionality beyond that tray of food. Mm -hmm. And when you have that aha moment, you're like... (laughs) I don't even need to create great barbecue yeah. to make this impactful. The people come in, they're hungry, they want to be filled. 
as long as I fill them beyond that tray, they're going to keep coming because yeah. they want that over and over again to be satisfied by something. And prime barbecue is that something. Yeah. Quick uh, off topic. Now, so you're originally in Florida. This is just me being curious here. Were you originally going to launch prime in Florida or were you just living in Florida? Because right now, just for our listeners, yeah. the restaurant is in Nightdale, North Carolina. Yeah, it's in Nightdale, so, North Carolina. We I'm were traveling through for. Florida because the MLB spring training camps were in Florida. Okay. So I had to go to, there are multitudes all around Florida. All the MLB guys either go to Florida or Arizona for their spring training camps. So we did like the Cardinals, the Rays, the Toronto, some, some, I know the Cardinals like really well. Blue Jays? Toronto? You said Toronto? Yeah, Blue Jays. Okay. All I know is the Cardinals and the Astros because okay. that's right. who I follow yeah. a ton. A lot of birds. Um, a lot of yeah, birds. Lots yeah. of birds. <laughs> lots of giant right. jacked dudes <laughs> with lots of tattoos yeah. and really cool cars yeah. would show up. So it was really just a random hodgepodge. And all my job was just to cook barbecue and tell them why I cook barbecue. Mm. And it was that was it. But I was meeting and hanging out with these great sports people, and I'm like, this is it. We have arrived. We're going to be great. All this momentum is going to push us over the top. And then God was like, oh, okay, let's let's make sure you're focused on me, and I'm going to remove absolutely 100% of everything that you depend on. Oh. I think COVID was only created for me. Hmm. And I'm so, I always apologize to everyone else. COVID was created for me because I had my eyes too far off Jesus hmm. that he had to completely annihilate everything I ever depended on so I could open May of 2020 yeah. and then have one human being in that restaurant. That piece of paper was meaningless because that's not how my story started. Yeah. It started through the back of a parking lot, completely masked up with gloves going, I hope you like my barbecue and I can tell you my story in this one box. Because wow. all the beautiful restaurant and the shovels and the pictures of me and all the TV shows, that's all gone. Wow. So... It just it had to push past that. So now that we have everything, we're just starting. We didn't arrive to anything. We're beginning our story. All that hard work I did before, all those late nights by myself, prepping by myself in my kitchen, all those events I had to do by myself, all that hustling I had to do to become successful, quotes, was just to start once I put two feet in. Yeah. This is, this is going to be a great story right here. Uh, I want to make sure our listeners get a chance to hear. We talked about already, to, to you, success is living out your purpose. Yep. Now, I know that for you, Christopher, your faith has a lot to do with your purpose. Yeah. And so uh, I know that play works its way into and plays out now in your personal and professional journey. But, but for our listeners, and some might be Christians, some might not be, I know yeah. for you, you're a follower of Jesus. I would love for you just to take a moment and let us know, like, how did you come to a place where you're like, you know what? I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. What was that road look like? Did you grow up that way or did something happen along the yeah. way? I don't think you come to a place. I think you come to the end of yourself. Hmm. It's not like I'm I'm going to, to a destination. I have to come to a place where there's no more road to drive, where your car is dead out of gas, where you just have to get out and start walking. And then after you walk and you can no longer take those steps anymore, when your feet become too sore and your knees, and then you fall to your knees, and then you crawl, and then you can't crawl anymore, you can't mm -hmm. breathe anymore, you can't, and you really feel how people feel when they come to the end of themselves, how suicidal, anything of that nature, where they're like, I'm done, yeah. and you fall. That's when Jesus is like, oh, he's been here the whole time. Yeah, mm, that's right. I finally had, I, I didn't get to the end of the road. I was the guy who had to fall dead on my face. Hmm. Like I fought every single day away from that moment to know that I am not capable of fulfillment. Like I can't YOLO anymore. <laughs> and for me, it was a busser who worked with me who became a server. But just seeing the joy in his every day was very annoying. That's how it started with, just annoying, because I was very successful. I was very bravado. I was very connected with my sin. I was okay with it. Like, I tell people in barbecue, I have no idea that I smell like brisket when I leave the barbecue restaurant. Hmm. I have no idea. But if I go into a Walmart or something, get my kids something, everyone around me is like, oh, you smell like brisket. And I'm like, I don't smell it. Right. <laughs> 
That's how I was with my yeah. sin. Mm. Like even when people go, well, that's not good. You're killing yourself or that's not good. Those things you're putting in your body aren't great. I could easily ignore that because I was like, I, I'm in it so much. How's it hurting me? But it's in barbecue, I have to literally take a shower. When I take a shower, the water changes. The nitrates stick to your hair gel, go in your skin. You can blow black snot. Mm. It's really intense. Mm. That's a barbecue life. Though. Right. But to visually see it, you're just like, huh, I really am filthy. Yeah. I did not recognize that. And I came to the end of that when I started hating Joshua, admiring Joshua, because secretly admiring him, hating him, but going, oh, kind of like that, that he can find joy. And then that admiration turned into conviction, turned into conflict, turned into me starting. And then my car ran out of gas. Then I was walking. Then I was crawling. Then I died. And then when I finally died, I said, Joshua, I'm dead. I have nowhere else to go. And he was like, oh, cool. That's awesome. And he pointed to Christ. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's all he did. He never once told me about Jesus, never once really pushed things on me. He just loved me well through the whole time. He literally did not say, I don't have to walk anymore. He would just walk beside me. Mm -hmm. And then when I hit my knees and started crawling, he would crawl beside me. Mm. And then when I finally died, he stood up, which I couldn't, and he pointed to Jesus. The worst day of your life to me and I tell this to people all the time, is the day I came to know Jesus. It was the worst day of my life. That's when I died after crawling. The best day of my life was the next day when I no longer had to find fulfillment anymore, when my longing disappeared and when I became full, and when Jesus loved me without me needing to do anything. And I could finally live out my purpose. That's that was a great day for me, yeah. and changed the whole theology of success. Hey, if you currently are not connected to a church, or, or maybe you're not sure about the whole faith thing, or you you gave up on church a long time ago, I want you to understand: like church hurt is a real thing. And so that's understandable, but you don't need to miss out on the encouragement and on the hope that, that, that knowing Jesus and being part of a community of believers has to offer. So I want to tell you about something here. GetHope.tv. It's an online church experience where you'll find engaging music, a message that's relevant to the everyday moments of your life. Uh, and, and it's that, that service is put on by Hope Community Church. And I hope our greatest desire is that people would come to know who God really is, would be able to walk in his ways and, and find the ways to experience hope in the everyday moments of our lives. Listen, you don't have to have everything all figured out to, to tune in with us. Uh, you can even, if you're meant, you're at home, so feel free, stay in your pajamas, listen at the gym when you're getting in your workout. But gethope.tv online, Sunday mornings, 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m. There's even an option to join us on Saturdays at 4.15 p.m. or 6 p.m. as well. Wherever you are, you're welcome. We'd love to have you tune in with us at gethope.tv. And so now you've got this like newfound faith, right? You've just decided to follow Jesus for the first time in your life, but you got this barbecue thing going. Too. Yeah. And at some point, these two things kind of come together for you. Um, can you explain what that journey looked like? Just putting those two things together. Well, I mean, when you come to know Jesus, you have this thing inside of you, which very hard to explain. And even when I came to know Jesus and I had it explained to me, it was very hard to hear. That's the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. Yeah. But when you start living out, it starts speaking through you in a very unique way because you no longer have scales. You no longer have the enemy telling you what to do. Yeah. You no longer have the weight of your sin. You have this newfound thinking process. You have a new heart. You have a new way of loving. Even the people who annoyed you or... You, for, you couldn't forgive. It's just easy. You're just speaking to them. Yeah. Like the person who just destroyed your life, you could say, I love you, and everything's mm -hmm. good, and I forgive you. That easy. To me, just because the weight of everything I carried when I died disappeared, so I could, for the first time, be my who I'm meant to be. And, you know, connecting with people was a lot different. And here I am cooking barbecue, talking to people, catering for people, cutting for people. I mean, even in front of the board, talking to them. Mm -hmm. Hey, how are you doing today? 
Like it, this Holy Spirit just started pouring out of me. And then it was no, it was always a beginning of barbecue, but the end of who Jesus is. Hmm. That's how the conversation kept uh-huh. going. And then the minute you see someone dead in their eyes and in their heart come to life in Christ, to see yourself and to know what the end of that is and what the new beginning is, that changes who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important thing for a Christian, to see someone come from death to life, to witness it. Yeah. That's why I admire doctors. Like, why do you want to be a doctor? Have you ever seen someone dead and then I brought them back to life and then them live their journey yeah. and meet them 30 years later and say, you could have been dead. Right. Mm-hmm. Like That is and it, a really rocking feeling. And you don't have to be the doctor. You could be the plumber. You could be the barbecue guy. You could be the, the tax person. It doesn't matter your role. Death to life exists in all of us when we know Jesus. Yeah. We're filled with that Holy Spirit. And when I started doing that in barbecue over and over, and I started seeing people come from death to life, and I'm like, wait, are we talking about barbecue anymore? <laughs> Is this even yeah. about that? Right. Like, it's pouring and starting and ending in a different way. And then I was like, I really feel my life is to build the kingdom for Jesus. That's his prophet. That's what that 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 when I died and I made that agreement to die to myself and to live for him. That's the one part of the deal he asked me. I just want you to make disciples and talk about that story. I said, okay. And I'm serious. When I when I I when I'm a friend to you, well, I'm a friend. <laughs> I'm that one Ben Affleck movie where he calls this boy and he's like, hey, we got to hurt some people. Okay, are we taking your car or mine? Right. <laughs> where like, are we hiding the bodies? Yeah, I, like, I, I'm, I'm down. Yeah. That's, but I, mean, I have a unit mentality. Like yeah. I'm really devout. Yeah. Like I'm really strong-willed. And, and the, most, the one thing that carried the most weight in my life that couldn't allow me to be who I am, and that was taken, and that person asked me to do one thing, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to do it. Till my knees bleed, till I'm on my hands, till I can't move anymore. Mm-hmm. When I leave this earth, it's the last thing I'm going to do and say, as long as I have my faculties, because I have no idea after. Right. I'm 80s, all that barbecue yeah. smoke, right. who right. knows what happens. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. So, I mean, you do something unique at the restaurant. Uh, I've had a chance to experience it. It's like a little bit of a tour right. where you walk people around the building, and this kind of infuses the two things together. Uh, can you just share a little bit about those tours and what that's about? Yeah, well, the barbecue tour was first kind of imagined because we eat at a lot of barbecue. I almost hit that water. Eat at a lot of barbecue restaurants, um, and we always saw barbecue pits were in the back, and that was always intriguing to us. When the golden age of barbecue came, and there was TV about it, now the kid, the mother, the father, the uncle, they all want to see the barbecue pits, the secret behind barbecue. And I said, hey, when we do our restaurant, we're going to have it all visual. And we're going to give them a tour. We're going to take the time to get to know people because the intentionality is there in hospitality. You have to be intentional. And we love talking about barbecue. And I want to show them, like, we're not cooking hamburgers and hot dogs here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not oh, throwing yeah. something on the grill. Right. This is a long, laborious love yeah. that we put into it. So when people are like, why are you out of brisket? Well, I can't microwave a brisket, though. Right. Like, right. this takes... 48 hours to craft and create, and we have to guess when we're out, we're out. And uh, we want to kind of show that validation. And then it turned, it wasn't until like I started really, I died to myself in 2020. When I brought COVID, again, I apologize. (laughs) I realized that that pit room had to be more. Believe it or not, I did not have that as an evangelistic piece until COVID. Hmm. I just wanted to show my stuff off. Gotcha. If I'm being transparent, yeah. oh yeah, if I can yeah, be yeah. transparent, safe. Yeah. safe place, no. And, yeah. and I'm, 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 I'm a devout like follower of Jesus, but I still have that. Like the enemy is taking me one degree off course. That's all he's doing. Hey, you're doing great. You're doing great. You're doing great. And I'm in this water of like, how did I even get here? But I do. I after 2020, I realized that if I'm gonna make an impact one by one, if I'm gonna build the kingdom brick by brick then I have to do it in this tour. 
And that's when I really started making it a point. And again, I had no like plan. I just let the Holy Spirit speak. And when you start speaking about your past and how you came to the end of yourself, it naturally comes out. When I'm sitting with someone mentoring them, they're like, I don't know how to evangelize. I don't know how to build that into my business. I'm like, tell me who you were. Tell me when you came to death. Tell me who you are now. Like, I want you to look in your rearview mirror. And as I spoke over and over about myself, I'm like my first shovel, my first barbecue pit sits on the wall. All my awards, like I can see the award and how hard it was to travel there and do that and win that award. I can feel the turmoil of what I did. Even if you have to have like a visual component at work to look at who you are and who God made you to be. And then that started turning into this evangelistic piece. And then I do this, I, I, not that I hide the piece of scripture. It was all by happenstance. It's where God placed it. But you don't see it till the very end. And I physically have to turn you and you have to look up. And you're like, mm. oh, there's a piece of scripture there. Yeah. I started to speak to that. And the reason why I spoke to that is when I was first discipled by Joshua, he said this piece of scripture to me and I wrote it down. And that's what I built Prime Barbecue off of because that's what pierced my heart. That was the first time scripture went pop with a little tiny pin. And I was like, oh, this light came in. Mm. And it happened to do be about food. Obviously, I'm around that right. a lot. But the more I started speaking about the scripture, I really believe that reading scripture, no matter how many times you read it, tells you a different story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And every time I read that piece of scripture, which I try to do as much in a day to as many people as I can, it speaks differently to me. Yeah. The Holy Spirit said, today you're going to say this. Yeah. Today, this is how it reflects you, and this is how you're going to pour into them. And when I started seeing people come to know Jesus in a pit room, mm. fall to their knees, and I cried with them, mm. sit on the table and cry with them, death to life. I've never known to be so drained after something. Now I know like the burden the pastor carries. Mm -hmm. You're drained. You're emotionally drained because you have to help recognize that weight of sin to see it on somebody. You just want to run over to him right. as a Christian. Oh, let me pull yeah. it off. But knowing that only Jesus can. Right. And when Jesus does, and you have to weep with them and build them up, that takes a lot out of you. Mm -hmm. You have to go through that over and over. And I know this is my calling, but then I started in the path of the pit room, started maybe being the enemy's way of keeping me distracted. Mm. Like, look at the great work you're doing. Just staying here, do this all the time. And then I was getting weary discipling people, showing them where to church to go to. Like I was getting weary, even on my good work. Mm -hmm. You know, my purpose, my success still made me weary. I couldn't find rest. And then that started working against me. So it's like no matter what direction I go into in my purpose or whatever you do in life, the enemy follows me. And that's why it's really important to keep that collective, to have that strong marriage. Mm-hmm where you can rest with your wife, to understand the rest I get in Scripture every day. That was the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Well, As a 25-year-old to read the Bible, when did you first read the Bible? So My story is a little different, man. I, I, so I, I actually grew up in a church setting, and then I spent some time, some things happened kind of just before high school. So I spent high school and college running away. But I make the joke, so I grew up in this tiny little Baptist church uh -huh. uh, farm community. I mean, and so I joke around. I, I tell people I knew the Bible better when I was like nine sure. than I do now, I think. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of grew up engaged in scripture, but then uh, post-college, it was different post-college when it's like someone's not making you do this. You do come to a place at the end of yourself mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, wait a minute, and use the analogy. Something pricked, scripture pricked my heart. Um, and the moment that that happened mm -hmm. uh, and, and Scripture kind of took on a new light for me, that was probably my sophomore year in college. But what about someone who's never read it? Right. Who's just opening it? Even a King James Bible. God. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. tough. I was like, God, just swipe it out. <laughs> right. of Someone who's dyslexic, who doesn't even read well, yeah. who doesn't retain information, and then you give me some weird language of a story I don't understand, and it's frustrating. And the book's so big, and I'm like, I gotta read this whole thing to be live a better life, and blah blah yeah. blah. It's, it's frustrating. It is. Yeah. 
That's where discipling comes in. That's where small group comes in. That's where having a good pastor who only speaks out of Scripture comes in. And that helped me take the little tiny... Like, I wasn't eating meat then. I was taking little baby bottles. Like, I had no idea what where to attack this thing. Yeah. I'm a Gideon, if you don't know that. I'm the youngest Gideon in my chapter. You are the youngest Gideon in America. I yeah, am. You are. Probably, but I, I love giving that because I, I understand the mentality of giving someone a Bible for the first time. It's yeah. very overwhelming. Yeah. And... Yeah. But that scripture is so important. It's so life giving. Yeah. It's almost like you have to read this. Like yeah. everything you're asking me, I learned here. Yeah. And then they open page one and they're like, how do you, this is a terrible book. And they just slide it right off. Right. So I get it. But I'm the synopsis, all the, the self help books, management books, blah, 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 that I read, I read. But the first thing I read is scripture. Because that's the one thing that always says different. All the other self-help books, I'm just going back to my highlighted sections. Right. And yeah. so, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. But every time I go to my highlighted sections, my Bible, I'm like, well, it says something completely different. Right. I went there because I thought I needed to re-remind myself of this, but that's telling me a whole different thing. That's the only book that's ever done that to me. And I'm not smart enough to retain information. My brain is not designed that way, so... So what, what would you say to people who, who might be listening, and maybe they are a believer, but, but we've talked about, I mean, your purpose and what you do now mm-hmm. is to make sure that the name of Jesus is lifted up and people are pointing to him. What would you say to somebody who's struggling with the idea of, how do I share my faith or live out my faith in the workplace? What would you say to them? Yeah, so someone who already knows Christ that's yeah. trying to do that in the workplace. Yeah. Well, that's why you have a church. Yeah. Everyone in a church is... All different backgrounds. The Holy Spirit speaks to them in different ways, and they all call, they all should. That's the body. They all should come together and teach you. Your pastor should teach you. I am a plumber, and I want people to know who Jesus is. But I also want to be the best plumber possible. Yeah. And I know that my sin was big enough that I have to be put up my end of the deal. How do I do it? Well, there's someone who's an evangelist in your church. There's someone who's also a plumber in your church who does it well. There's someone, and you all get together, and you strategically plan that out. I did not do what I did by myself. I make that completely clear. When I started seeing the fruit in it, I started surrounding myself with as many people that could help me build that as possible, going, this works. Like, living your purpose, using your 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 professional whatever you do to leverage the gospel is what you're supposed to be doing. Not if you're in this industry, people, everyone, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, needs to have your own tour. Mm. Everyone needs to have a call to the aisle daily because you are not guaranteed tomorrow, but you don't have to worry about it because of your eternity but I don't want to sit at Jesus's feet tomorrow, realize how huge he is in my life, give him all the praise of everything I've ever wanted and notice only then how big he is mm-hmm. and say, oh, but I have to go back. There's 15 more people now that I'm at your feet and I know this. There's 15 more people I have to just pull at and tell and strategically yeah. figure out. I don't want it then. I want it now. Yeah. I want to go to his feet and said. I went to the end and I collapsed for you because you went to the end of the cross and collapsed for me. I don't want to do it. You have to do that now. And your best mission field is your professional workplace. Mm. That's good. Period. That's a good word. That's good. So Chris, you probably got a guy out here right now who's listening to this podcast in our audience and, and they are trying to figure it out. Um, they've come to a place in life where they don't feel like they have enough resources, they don't have enough yeah. support, maybe even not the best measure of success in their lives. Um, and I pro- you probably learned so much over the years on the journey. What would you say the best piece of advice to share with that person would be? Well, I mean, if you want to measure something, you're, you're, you're staring at your cup every day. And I'm speaking from a male perspective because I'm very bravado. And I had a a great father who provided for us, and he's very old-school disciplinarian, and he's like, the measure of your success is filling this cup. 
And then when it becomes full, you retire, and then you lower your cup. And I was like, I got it, Dad. I'm going to make you happy. I'm going to fill my cup. So every day I'm pouring into success, power, love, attention, anything I need to do to fill this cup. Just to realize the next day the cup looked like this. And I'm like, crap. I almost had a fool yesterday. I'm going to start over today. And then, you know, remember, while I'm filling this cup, I'm layering girlfriend, wife, children, you know, new job, more responsibility. And the weight of trying to fill that cup is slower. And it becomes harder to fill, not because you don't want it full, just because you can't lift the water as fast as possible just to get that one phone call to drain your cup again. And then I just ask the common sense. Just look at the bottom of your cup, y'all. There's a leak, and only Jesus' blood plugs that leak. Because the day after you realize that leak is there and your cup becomes empty, and you realize you can't fill it, and you put Jesus' blood there, the next day, without doing a single thing, that cup is full. Mm -hmm. Full. Well, you can't even hold it because you think you might spill it. Yeah. But what happens when you start to do those things again, yeah. more purposeful in your life? That yeah. cup, what does it do after it, it becomes overflows. full? It overflows and it yeah. saturates. Wow, look at over here's my marriage that's falling apart. Over here's the kids that I never thought I'm going to be a good enough dad for. Over here's my career. Over here's the longing that I kept behind my heart that I never shared with anyone. You can't do that until you come to the end of yourself. A coveted relationship is what you get with Jesus. Coveted, transparent, you can't hide from him. He sees your sin, he knows it, he's okay with it. What you have to do is give it to him so he can nail it to a cross, so you no longer carry it. So you're not being satisfied anymore, you're being fulfilled. And you can start living your life finally by resting. You ever hear that? The most successful person all the time. You ever hear him say on the podcast, the Gary V's, hey, you got to hustle hard, hustle hard. You ever hear him say, hey, you know what you got to do to be successful? You got to rest. Yeah. Why don't you do that? Tomorrow, do nothing. Huh, that doesn't make any sense. It's not supposed to. Jesus is bigger than your thoughts. And the more you get to know him, the more things don't make sense. And the more rest you find and the more purpose you find. And the more love you find, the more forgiveness you find, you become a better leader, you become a better servant, you become a better husband, you become a better father, become a better friend. And you start to understand that you no longer have to walk that path anymore. It's put onto a cross for you. And then that's, that's how you really enjoy success is by rest in Jesus mm-hmm. and him taking that, that to that's the good. cross. That's good. Thank you, Christopher. Uh, as we wrap up here, okay, we've been on for a bit. Let, let me, uh, two, two questions. I'll ask one, and I think Dwayne's got one he's sure. going to wrap up with as well. But uh, I'd love to hear, and for our listeners, what's next for Prime Barbecue? Well, man, I would love to know too. You're going to bring uh, one to Garner? Garner, North uh, Carolina? Man, I get that all the time. I really feel here. that. <laughs> so we people have now are yelling out different areas. I get it. I get it. We originally were supposed to be in Apex, and then we got pulled to Nightdale because we were called to Nightdale. And I really feel now that I, sorry again, I brought COVID, and I came to the end of myself there. And this is Jesus' story. He's going to direct me through again my collective and all the people around me where I go next because now this is a ministry, and the ministry has to you know, produce fruit, has to connect with people, has to build. This is not my four walls. Prime does not live within four walls. This is not my business. I don't take it with me. So I have to follow his calling to where I go to next that does it provide fruit. So that's how we look at the business because I'm talking to two brothers in Christ. So what my politically correct answer is we're we're observing different areas to see where Prime Barbecue can strategically make the biggest impact. Mm-hmm. That's the politically correct answer yeah. I give to a lot of people. Yeah. 
But literally, I don't care. People are my purpose, not my profit. So I don't really care about growing the business and making more money. That brings me nothing. But what my purpose is, is to bring people to know Jesus. So if that builds his profit, I'm all for it. Let's plant, heck, in the parking lot behind Prime Barbecue. If he's like, hey, I want you to put another one in the parking lot. I was like, that doesn't make any common sense, but neither did opening in Nightdale. Right. But if it builds his purpose, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And it'll be awkward for sure. Gotcha. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm t- sure you got a ton going on in your life. Uh, what w- What's next for Chris? Tefer. Christopher. Yeah. Yeah, Christopher. What's next for Christopher? Uh, well, um, you know, my thing, my, my focus is always uh, just, you know, Every February, I take that time to spend time with my wife. Uh, January, I do an RD trip with my team. Uh, February, I build with my wife. Uh, that's what's always next on my plate. So, you if take we're talking a month about to build time out with your wife, oh yeah. Well, we a, take a cruise with. We support family life, and we like to do a lot of stuff. I think the enemy breaks families. When he breaks families, he wins generations. Yes. So, wow. yeah. I really yeah. want the core of my relationship with my wife to be strong and to oh, be yeah. reflection of of who Christ is. So, uh, that's what's next for me. Then spending as much time with my kids as possible, and then. Really, I'm working on the barbecue nerd side. I'm trying to rebrand that because I'm trying to find a way to be a face and a personality for people in their homes, but still evangelize strongly to them. And there's mm-hmm. a couple of different people in Food Network who do that well, uh, who are open Christians. And believe <laughs> it or not, that's really awkward. I've done, yeah. when I did Chopped and I prayed over the meal at Chopped, everyone looked at me like, did you just kill someone in front of us? Right. Yeah. It's very awkward. And, you know, that's what I'm trying to get to next is that personal branding. And I really like talking to business owners um, who know Jesus and trying to get them to figure out how they can work the ministry in their businesses. I think that's really important because that's we're all after the same bottom line, yeah. professional Christian or CEO yeah. of, you know, a rubber-made company. Yeah. Same bottom line if we right. call ourselves followers of Christ. So that's what... Our main focus is this year. Wife, kids, the kingdom. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Christopher, man, I greatly appreciate the time. Yeah, yeah. This is one of those fun, episodes man. where I've I'm I'm leaving better. I'm leaving more focused. I'm <laughs> more awesome. leaving with my purpose and being clear view, man. So thank you so much. I I said this before. I'm um I'm I could not be more thankful uh for what it is that you do in our community for two reasons. One, for creating some pretty Dang good food. All right. (laughs) And so, and so, so that's number one. Uh, But on top of that, man, and and really, this is the heart of what you are, but man, you, this podcast is about bringing hope in real life. And you're doing that through every single day of what it is that you do through Prime. So, man, we're, I'm grateful for it. Thanks for the time. To our listeners, everything that we talked about today, if there's some things we'll have, you know, where in the heck is Prime Barbecue in Nightdale? Where is Nightdale? We'll have all that in the show notes and anything else that you need access to. Share this podcast with somebody else who you believe might need a bit more hope in the everyday moments of your life. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to seeing you next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Hope in Real Life podcast. If this content was valuable for you, don't forget, like, subscribe, share. You never know how important it could be to bring a little hope into someone else's life. Uh, There's even a place here for you to comment. We would love to hear from you and hear your feedback. Until next time, let's keep sharing hope.